G'day and welcome to Lion Fury, a podcast dedicated to changing the collective consciousness one conversation at a time with the help of amazing guests who so generously share their insights and wisdom in their own unique voices. Today is no exception. I'm Danny Thomas, an Australian artist based in Germany. Thank you all for the positive feedback from last episode. I'm always open to comments, questions, feedback and potential guests. You can hit me up at lionfurypodcast at gmail.com anytime. If the show resonates with you, please do subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean or Stitcher and connect on social media. I can only describe my chat on this episode with author Lisa Tate Stevenson as epic. If you take a moment to listen to even just the first minute, I promise you won't regret it. I was taken by surprise and deeply moved by our chat. Lisa has written the book, It Is What It Is Until It Isn't. Her journey prior to publishing the book is one of survival and courage. She is a fine example of a woman who took her power back and is now focused on leaving a positive impact on those around her, helping people live intentionally. I'm so grateful I reached out to her and was granted this opportunity. Enjoy the ride, guys. I'll see you on the other side. start further back on how I got on this journey because it all kind of ties into the book so September 11th came about and we all know how tragic that was and I was in the building at the time oh wow yeah I was in the building at the time and when the first plane hit I was shopping I had decided I was not going to shop for two weeks but every time I went to go upstairs to go to my office something kept saying don't go upstairs I was like, okay, you know, I'll go to a store. I went back to the elevator and something said, don't go upstairs. And um, I went back to another store. I went in. I'm on the phone with my mom, as I did every day. And a woman comes in and she starts screaming, a plane hit the building. Now, I'm from New York. So I figured, okay, really? What, What kind of a plane? We would never think that would happen. So lo and behold, she's crying and she says, I need to call my sister. I said, mom, let me get off the phone. I give her my phone. I said, use my phone. They rush us in the back of the store. When I leave, um, they finally tell us, run outside. I go outside and the ground is completely broken up. It's almost like crumpled paper. So I'm looking across the street at a fireman and he's yelling at me to run. And at that moment, I can't hear him because I guess I'm so caught up in everything that's going on. Finally, it clicks. You have to run. I'm running and I'm running towards my mom because she worked maybe five, six blocks away. Only child. I know she's coming to look for me. Let me get my mom. My first instinct, this is it. I'm dying. So I'm going to die with my mom. I don't want to die alone. But as I'm running from the building, my biggest fear is not even death. My biggest fear was that I was dying and I had done nothing. I had left no impact. I had changed no one's life. I was leaving this earth and my basket wasn't even half full. And my daughter would only know me as, oh, your mom was really nice. And that scared the mess out of me. So I finally got to my, well, rather, I got under both my husband at the time. And he says, you know, Lisa, calm down. You're going to make it. Just, just keep getting to your mom. And I turn and the next plane hits. That's it. 
Now I'm saying to him, you don't know what you're talking about. Another plane just hit the building. That's it. We're going to die. I'm going to go die with my mother. Tell my daughter I love her. I keep it moving. Get to my mom. We make it out on a last train back into Brooklyn. Um, I suffered with a great deal of survivor's guilt. Because why would you let me survive this? And I hadn't even done anything. And all these incredible people didn't make it. So I refused to leave the house. I went through a great deal of depression. And, and finally, he said to me, your purpose is, is to empower women. So I'm like, okay, you know, fine, I'll do it. So I go in guns blazing, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and I fail miserably <laughs> because I didn't know what I was doing. I kind of um, paused on the women's groups and things of that nature, and I had to, I had to work on healing me before I could even attempt to show other women how to heal and how to to make it to the other side of this 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 lovely journey that we're going through. And I regrouped, and I, I kind of took care of some things within myself, and I, I I I acknowledged a lot of things that I had gone through that I had buried in my life. And one night I got a message from someone and they said, I was told to tell you that your pain is for your purpose. And that angered me to no level because I said, you don't even know the amount of stuff I had gone through, you know, molested and abused and, and horrific things. But then as time progressed, it clicked. My pain was for my purpose. How am I to share with another woman? How do you make it through this ordeal had I not enjoyed it myself? I now can help her navigate these waters and avoid certain pitfalls that I've, I've encountered. You know, I'm a firm believer that you're not supposed to come in from the storm and hide your umbrella and not tell the person behind you that it's raining. So, I mean, that's basically my journey. That's why I live my entire life with the intent to always peek behind the curtain. I, I don't look at people for what's here. I'm always peeking behind the curtain. What is it that you're not saying to me? What is it that you don't want the world to see? What is it that, that keeps you on that that edge and that ledge that if the right thing comes and just gives you that little push that you kind of just go over? You know, at any given moment, we are all on that that ledge just ready to say, I'm done. And all it takes is one person to say, are you Okay. And not on the autopilot that we do constantly. We constantly walk past one another and go, hey, how you doing? And before the person even says, fine, we just keep moving. But what if we stopped and waited for the response? You'd be a bit surprised at what you hear or what you don't hear. So for me, you know, that's, that's how I got on this journey of, of uh, empowering and, and helping people to live intentionally. And the book came about because I realized that with everything that we are going through on a constant basis, we're either going to allow it to consume us or we're going to say, you know what? It is what it is until it isn't. Everything is temporary. Right now, we may be feeling something unbelievable, but in the next moment, that could be gone. You know, so what are we going to do now? I'm going to feel what I need to feel. And then I'm going to keep it moving. So that's my life. Wow. That's one heck of a story. That's, um, yeah, I'm a little lost for words just hearing that. It's, a, it's, it's such an honor for me to hear that. I, I have never spoken directly with somebody who was affected 
by 9-11 in such, such a way. I often talk about instinct on the show and, and intuition and that instinct and intuition is truth. So that was very powerful when you said that you just got stopped in your tracks when that, that absolute mayhem was going down um, instinctually, you know. Yeah. And for what you're doing now to have to have come out of that, I can't imagine how difficult that would have been. Did you find there was a community of other survivors at that time? Did you bond with other um, people affected by that, or was did, was it quite an isolative? It was. Journey? It was very isolated. It was. It was. Um, yeah, it was very very isolated for me. I just. Because that was it for me. It wasn't about, unfortunately, it wasn't about who else. And oddly enough, at the time that I was running, I had gotten to a point where no one was even aware of what was happening. So I stopped. You know, one of my quotes is, just because no one else is running, you don't lose momentum. And I stopped and I looked around and I was like, am I losing my mind? Because no one else is running. But it was just like, keep going, Lisa. You just have to keep going because... I don't know. That was just Lisa's journey. And we tend to get caught up and think just because it's my lane, everyone else should be in my lane. It's just mine. So it was it was very much just me in, in that instance. We've talked about how you've arrived at where you are. And I think we all, we all have great potential within us, but often it's expectations of others, uh, society's rules, circumstances that can really be limiting to that potential. How do you recommend staying true to dreams and goals with all the surrounding noise and distraction? You know, I'm, I, the funny thing about potential is, is I firmly believe potential has the potential to never reach its potential. And I tend to um, say, you know, first let's look at your pattern. Because in all actuality, we kind of, it's who we are is our patterns. And for me, if you know you're going to have this goal or this this thing that you want to do, you strive to do, if every every morning you wake up saying, you know what, every step I make today is going to work towards that goal. And if any steps are taking me off of that path, then that's a step I don't take. That for me has to, and it has to be a constant minute by minute thing because we've been that other person far longer than we've been this person that's been on this journey trying to accomplish this goal. You know, so for me, it is a, it's a constant. And I, I intentionally try to create a space that reminds me of that because again, we, we go on autopilot very quickly. So if I constantly have something in front of me that says, you know, um, I don't know. Is this working towards you? You know your next book, Lisa? No, it's not. Okay, let me get back on track. It's almost like we have a, you know, call it a path or a road that we're trying to stay on. And and for me, it's like you're trying to stay on this path and you're just literally swatting things away constantly, whether it be other people's expectations or uh, trying to, to pay the bills. It's all just coming at you. And like you say, you literally just have to swat it away and just continually fight in a way to stay on that thing that's going to move you closer to uh, what it is that really counts. I have to think of it in the form of of basketball. I mean, think about it in the sense of when when the offense is closest to the net is when the D comes its hardest. So the more that's coming at me, I have to realize you must be really close, Lisa. 
because it is hitting you with some stuff. <laughs> so that's why I have to really like push that much. But again, it's a, it's a constant reminder. And, and, and for me, when I create that energy and that space around me, I realize people respond to me accordingly. So when they see the note, then it forces them to say, oh, you're writing a book? There's another reminder for me. And now I have someone that whether they want to or not is going to hold me accountable because they're going to say to me eventually, again, how's the book? And I don't like the way it feels, so I have to say, no, I really didn't do it. <laughs> so whether it's ego or whatever, I use whatever I have to to stay on course. There's, a, there's also a thing about um, trying not to negotiate with yourself, you know, like trying not to allow yourself to negotiate that, like if I'm going to write today, don't allow your brain to kick in and say, no, that's not, that's not, just don't allow the negotiation process to go down with yourself. Um, to, to get to get it to get it done, yeah. Accountability is a big thing, actually. And when you're accountable to just yourself, it's tricky. So I guess it's important to have the close people around you. Uh, and actually, with this show, I feel that because for me now, I'm I'm absolutely accountable to you. Actually, for for you to for you to share what you shared in 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 a very short moment, we don't even know each other, and for you to share that is so courageous and so brave if if someone's listening who feels just stuck or overwhelmed you know in their current situation whether it be a relationship a job health issues how do you suggest they they go about making some initial change you know i would i would say for me because i always try to bring it back to how i would handle it for me i know i needed to have people around me that i could draw strength from because clearly me doing it on my own is what has me in this place where I'm stuck. So sometimes I, I need to pull someone else in that will, will um, that will give me the nudge that I need. You know, we need to build a team when, when we're trying to be intentional in anything. And, and that is, you know, you need your cheerleader and you need your devil's advocate, the person that's gonna make you think of, hey, I didn't think of it that way. Or you're right, what if this breaks? So I think that when you're stuck, you need to call on someone and not necessarily a friend per se, because sometimes your friends will yes you and, and not want to hurt your feelings. But you need somebody that's going to see something in you that you may not have seen just yet. And someone that believes in your dream just enough to say, you know what, I'm going to step away from my lane for a minute because I'm going to give you just that push and kind and of get you in the right direction. You know, every... Every seed we're charged to plant, we're not necessarily charged to water. So you may just need somebody to plant that seed. And, and you know, obedience is one step behind the other. Somebody will come and water it. Mm. Yeah, that's a nice analogy. Yeah. I'm wondering if you have any tips or tools to remain grounded and centered while you're juggling, whether they be small or big challenges on a daily basis. Wow. You know, I think it's uh, stuff like that. It's it's kind of breaking through the misconception of what balance is. And balance is not about having the scale weight equally on both sides. It's just about ensuring that when things begin to fall apart, that you're left standing. So it's really uh, it's really about wrapping your head around. It doesn't have to be perfect all the time, and it doesn't have to line up perfectly all the time. Sometimes it's the it's the missteps that cause the greatest victories. So it's really how we perceive things that allow us to be able to stay grounded. So we have to get out of our head and, and 
have this misconception of how it's supposed to look. And living life in comparison, social media will allow you to believe that you fail every single day. Because if I look at another hot woman on social media, let me tell you, I will not leave the house. (laughs) But that's not Lisa's reality. You know, I can look at it as a possibility of, hey, maybe I want to get that lipstick or whatever, but I cannot do the comparison thing. So it's really how you perceive things. What I was going to say there is, yeah, we often have a perceived idea of how something's going to play out and it never plays out the way we, I don't know if you find, but I have a, I, I know something's coming up and I have a picture. I'm very visual and imaginative. I have, I have a picture of how the whole thing's going to go and it never plays out that way. And then when you make a step towards something and it's a little, a small victory, you think, okay, I'm on my way, and then it, that even that doesn't play out in the way you think it's going to, but it always teaches you something, and, and it's yeah. how you choose to go with that, whether it's a lesson. I've, I find that there's a lot of fear-based thinking, especially with um, current kind of society. Do you have a counter, and I mean... I mean, this question almost sounds trivial considering what you've been through. Right. But I'm wondering how we can recommend people keep fear-based thinking at bay. That's hard mm. um, because, you, you you know, fear can work for you and against you, to be quite honest. Um, sometimes it propels you to move away from something that you, you that is toxic and destructive. And sometimes you need that fear to really come, you know, again, with me and, and being in a, in a seriously abusive marriage uh, mentally and emotionally for 10 years, it took an enormous amount of fear to uh, kind of kick me into gear. And then, um, had I, I, I believe had I had not had that much fear, I probably would still be in it. So in that instance, I kind of needed that to kind of say, all right, Lisa, you know. But then it has to be, what are you afraid of? I'm afraid of my daughter having this life. You know, I'm afraid of what my future will look like if I stay in it. Um, for other things, I think when fear comes in, you have to say, well, then let me just do it afraid and kind of push through it. Again, if you, you can conquer your monster when you, once you understand it. So I don't think we need necessarily to run from it, but I think sometimes we have to say, let me just embrace this feeling for a moment. And then let me conquer it because the next time it comes, it's not going to be as fearful. <laughs> Fear won't be as fearful. Um, but it's that's a hard thing. It really depends on what kind of fear we're referring to. When you're in that moment of complete and utter end of the world, um, yeah your fear was I'm not done yet, I'm not ready, that type of fear is, is enormous in terms of the way it then set you on your path. It, um, it, it is paralyzing. And, and it's funny because I didn't think I'd be afraid of that. I, you know, we think we're going to fear death. And I, fe- I figured the day I eventually died, I would fear the unknown. What's to come? You know, will someone greet me? Is there really a heaven and hell? You know, what's really going to happen? I never expected fear to be, oh my gosh, I'm leaving here and I have not made one ounce of an impact in my mind. Um, so that was very new for me. But I also realized that, that the, the way the fear had hit me had paralyzed me. But I had to say, but this is at least, there's nothing you can do. 
So you're either going to sit here and say, all right, this is the fear. I'm going to allow it to paralyze me. I'm going to say, you know what? This is it. What am I going to do now? Because there's nothing I could do about this physical fear right here. There's absolutely nothing I could do. So what am I going to do now? I'm going to go to my mom and we're just going to have to die alone. I had to finally say, this is it. And once I accepted it, that fear just, because now I, I took my power back and I was able to kind of move on from that point. Uh, it's amazing that you're doing a lot of feminist work type stuff. I find it interesting at the moment um, uh, from a male perspective, I'm trying to have more discussions about um you know, male masculinity and males being vulnerable and that, you know, being vulnerable doesn't take away from your masculinity. I think it's really a great time for strong female voices. And it's really, I'm, as a dude, I'm just sick of all these misogynist pricks running the world and all this sort of stuff. I'm not, I'm not going to go down that track, but it's like, it really is just, just um, time for change. So uh, that's that. But I could honestly, I could talk to you all day, but um, I know this is a big, broad question, but if is there advice that you can offer to someone who's just wanting to live with more purpose, more intent, more fulfillment, more meaning in their life? Um, you know, I would probably say um, operate in love. Every morning, wake up with the intention to operate in love, and and that and that is to operate in love for self, um, and, and love for those around you. Um, because if you operate in, in that, it will it will keep you, in my mind, it should keep you on course. Because if there's a love for self, then you're going to do things to ensure that you are safe, you're happy, and you're healthy. If you operate in love for mankind, then you're going to ensure that they are safe, happy, and healthy. Um, yeah, I think, I think operating in love is huge. Operating in love is huge and, and operating in love ensures that you forgive yourself and you forgive others, that you, you have your truth and you own it, that you are accountable. It, 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 it touches so many things, you know, um, and just remind yourself that every morning you wake with purpose, for purpose and on purpose. You just have to find out what that purpose is. That's wonderful, wonderful advice. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so grateful for your time. Really, really grateful. Where, where can people find you and find the book? Well, you can find It Is What It Is. You would have to type in It Is What It Is and Lisa Tate because apparently everyone write, is writing something with It Is What It Is. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it Is What It Is, Lisa Tate. I'm on Amazon. I'm on Barnes & Nobles. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. And I'm also writing another line called Being Me is Enough. And I'm starting it out with little girls because I find that the foundation of self-esteem is so broken, which is why the bullying and the abuse is happening so much more frequently. Um, so that's coming within the next month. So I'm really excited about that. Well, exciting times. And um, I really look forward to following your journey now and, and the work the work that you're doing. So if you're ever in Germany or if I'm over over there, it'd be great to catch up in person. Absolutely. Um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd like to meet this nice guy in person. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, as I keep saying, it's amazing that we can do this, you know, um, in this modern modern age. So, um, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. 
There you go, guys. Welcome back. One awesome chat with Lisa, such an inspirational woman, really strong voice, especially given everything that she's been through. I thought it would be useful for this little end part. I was taking notes as I listened to the chat myself because there was just so many little gems that jumped out. So I thought for this last part, it'd be really cool to do a quick recap of some of the main points. So here we go. Missteps can cause the greatest victories. Acceptance allows you to take your power back, own your truth. Every morning you wake with purpose, for purpose and on purpose. Potential has the potential to never reach its potential. Who we are is our patterns. If any step is taking you off that path, then don't take that step. It's a constant being intentional as opposed to on autopilot. The closer you get, the harder it hits. Have people around you to draw strength from. Comparison keeps you failing every day. Fear can work for you and against you. It can propel you. Operating in love will keep you on course. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Till next time, catch you later.